The Bulletin. Yes, good morning. It's SENZ 1041 with Stephen McIver and Finn James. And time for the Bulletin Time to talk balling and uh, basketball with Justin Nelson, former sales NBL general manager, who basically is the man that put the NBL, the local NBL on the map during COVID and gave the product to ESPN. And now it had opened so many doors for young basketball players. And you must be credited for that and say thank you and not be humble. (laughs) <laughs> Very good morning. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> thanks, mate. Look, it uh, seems a long time ago. Doesn't but, it? Um, yeah, definitely 2020. Uh, put the put the game, as you said, in the league on the map and lots of good things and first ever sports bubble in the world. And we had that draft, of course. And yeah, good times. How do you think the draft worked out? Uh, because, you know, we always talk about drafts and different sports in this country. But from your perspective, it's a it's a natural thing in, in basketball. How was it received once it was finally done? Well, it was actually the draft that ended up luring ESPN um, through through the states. And to this day, ESPN continue to broadcast every Cells NBL game live. So, you know, if you think about what transpired, what happened as a result of that draft, that's obviously the biggest takeaway. But what it did at the time when the world literally completely stopped, I mean, shut down, mm. certainly in the world of sport, if not other parts of our lives... What it did is it created news, and I think that was something that sports fans in particular attached themselves to, and, and they loved the journey. It's the whole fantasy, the fairy tale about you know 550 people registering for a player draft in New Zealand and uh, 84 picks, of course, and the rest is history. Has it strengthened the local league? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I look at the strength of the league financially now, you know, I quite often uh, joke that uh, the first budget I think I was given when I landed in the country was was less than two hundred thousand dollars to to run the league. You know, that's only five or six years ago. You know, today this league is is worth multi millions of dollars, and the teams are, are uh, increasing their business. Sponsors are, are picking up the phones and and talking to these teams and to the league and. You know, this year alone, with rapidly coming into the cells NBL, it's already there for Toihi, but this year alone, more than 450 hours of live coverage and 289 games to be broadcast on, on Sky. It's quite remarkable. Let's talk about the uh, movement in the league. Uh, what, what's impressing you and, and what, what surprise have you seen around the league with signings? Yeah, I think the thing that continues to impress me is the competitive balance, just the sheer fact that as a fan or a viewer, you know, you can turn up to a game or turn on the television and you don't know who's going to win. Your team always has a chance. And that's probably been the biggest development for me. And we continue to see that with player signings right now uh, for this this year's uh, Sales NBL. Uh, it's a very even spread of, uh, of talent. I think we've got a lot of imports and in particular NBA G League players to be signed and announced in the coming weeks. Last season, there was 15 players out of the NBA G League wow. system here playing in New Zealand. So that's still to come over the next four four or five weeks. We're going to see a lot more of that. But the Kiwi talent alone that has come back into the competition again uh, for the coming season, quite, uh, quite extraordinary. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I did not know until uh, Big Tall Finn, our basketball expert here, told me there was a brand spanking new men's team in the fire out of Tauranga. Yeah, there is. They uh, obviously entered the Toihi Basketball Aotearoa 
uh, a couple of years ago. They've been in there for a couple of seasons running a pro league women's team. And of course, you know, when that was announced, pay parity for the women, same as the men. And, and, and that's been a huge development for basketball in this country as well. But now they enter the men's competition. Uh, so the Fire running two teams out of Tauranga and uh, really exciting for that region. It's it's such a strong basketball region. So many good players coming through the system there and they're going to be able to play elite hoops at the pro league level here in New Zealand. Man, it, it just it smacks of growth, doesn't it? It smacks of a, of a sport that we know is so successful overseas. But gone are the days of the old Reinick Basketball League where I started my broadcast <laughs> career. And suddenly it is, it is but, it's, but for me, it is now is such a part of the community and, and probably even a, a bigger community sport than people give it credit for. Well, on a seven-day basis, uh, the consumption of basketball for under-35s in New Zealand is number one. That's where it is. It's right up the very, very top for under 35s. And consumption, of course, is is playing. It's it's watching. Uh, it's uh, merchandise. It's fantasy. It's gaming. It's wagering. It's all of those things. But to be number one for consumption for under 35s on a weekly basis uh, across the country just tells you where this game is, and in particular where it's going. Well, it tells you that the uh, the advertisers love that that uh, demographic, and that's why they're jumping on board. Let's talk about the other NBL, but there's the Aussie NBL, the Breakers. Uh, are they? Is their season hanging in the balance after a one and one weekend? Oh, there's no doubt it's in the balance. I, I think that should be uh, up in uh, bold letters at the moment. They sit in eighth on the table, of course. They've got a final six in the Aussie NBL. They're 10 wins, 13 losses, five games left. And if you look at last season, and that's always a good indicator, you needed 15 wins to make the top six. So right now, they either need to win all five of, of the games they've got remaining or win four and hopefully, for them, someone else slips up. So it's a really tough road home. They've got the Wildcats, the Hawks, Melbourne United, the Bullets and 36ers. Oof. Only one of those teams currently sits under them on the ladder. They have the top two teams away. The Wildcats coming up and Melbourne United not too far away as well. So, yeah, it's uh, it's in the balance. When we look at the season, justifiably injuries early in the season have caught them. But now the question I look at when you go and beat the Jack Jumpers, who have always been a bit of a nemesis, but you do it at the end sec and then you go and lose to the Hawks, consistency. Well, it's the thing I've been banging on about for the last uh, couple of months. Um, well, it feels like almost yeah, the entire season. Only a couple yes, of months. Injuries. <laughs> yep, injuries, of course. Uh, you know, every team cops that and they've copped their fair share. We know that. But you put that to one side. The coaches don't want to use those things as, as excuses because every team has the ups and downs of injuries. But the thing that has been, uh, you know, the, the, the biggest box yet to be ticked for the breakers this season is consistency. They've been up and down. That's been their Achilles heel. And, you know, basketball, all sports, you know, a season, it's, it's, it's one of those things where if you find consistency and get on a run, the rest takes care of itself, but it's something that they haven't been able to do. How important is Anthony Lamb to their, them going forward and making the playoffs? Yeah, huge. I mean, you need your best player, you need your top scorer doing their thing. It's not just, you know, the Aussie NBL or the Sells NBL. We see it in the NBA. You need your best players playing really, really well, and the rest of the team making sure that they get the ball to him in the positions that he needs to get the ball. I think for me, though, you know, this next stretch of, of five games, do or die, 
the breakers really need hard-nosed defense. We know that they've got the capability and the, and the gun players offensively who can score. This is a team that really needs to lock down defensively if they are going to take down teams above them on the ladder and make the finals. But they've got a pretty hard-nosed coach, and defense is what he's always about, always always banged on about, as you would say. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's where the consistency has been missing. Um, you know, from one game to the next, we we see the absolute best, and and then unfortunately there are times when they slip up, but. Make no mistake, if this team gets on a run over the next five, and it feels like I've said that a few times already this season, but if they do get on a run, definitely the teams above them on the ladder are looking over their shoulder. Uh, the loss to the Hawks um, really sets them back, and they can ill afford to drop any of their remaining five games. Uh, Mantas Rubstavasius, how good is this kid? Yeah, good. I mean, we've seen it, haven't we, across... This competition with a number of kids, you know, LaMelo Ball being one of the very best that has come out of this system. And, you know, it's a league that takes on this uh, exciting young talent, and that is the key, young talent. And uh, and they put them in a, in a grown man's league and give them an opportunity to show the world what they can do. And, and uh, you know, this young guy is no different. He's got NBA potential, and uh, it'll be interesting to see his, uh, his journey from here. But who wins? Who wins? The whole shebang. Well, I think Melbourne United are definitely the best team on, on paper. Uh, they ooze class both on the court and, and also the depth coming off the bench. I don't think you can write the Wildcats off. You know, Early in the season, everybody wanted the coach, John, really to be sacked. All of a sudden, they've turned it around. They're second on the ladder. We know that they're a formidable team, usually at home. They have slipped up a couple of times this season, but usually formidable. For me, they are first and second on the ladder at this time of the season for a reason, and they're the two teams to beat. What other sports do you watch, or are you totally consumed by basketball? That's, that's actually a really good question. Most people would tend to think that basketball's uh, my most favoured sport, but uh, it probably sits third on the list. Oh. Uh, Motorsport and AFL, for me, are the two sports that I'm passionately uh, into as a fan. Uh, basketball, yes, as a fan and takes up a lot of time from a working perspective, but love motorsport across the world, uh, have worked in it previously. And look, you know a lot about motorsport as well, obviously, and it's just one of those sports that uh, the fumes get to you when you're in. <laughs> uh, it's certainly on a high and uh, I like all forms, no matter how many wheels, and uh, follow that passionately. But I'm one of the, uh, the few living in New Zealand that can't get enough of the AFL. It's, it's my background in Melbourne. It's um, growing up, it's in the blood, part of the family, and uh, big Sydney Swans fan and, and can't get enough of it. Wow, okay. I, 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 always, I, I don't really watch it that much, but I, I will always watch the grand, the grand final and, and discovered one thing very quickly. Win the third quarter, championship's yours. Simple as that. No matter, <laughs> no matter where you've come from, that third quarter, the old third quarter stretch sort of thing, you know? Well, there you go. You're an AFL fan uh, through and through already. <laughs> the championship quarter, we call it back home. That's right. Sorry, the championship quarter, my, my friend. All right. Uh, Justin Nelson, as always, a pleasure. Have a lovely Monday, mate. Hey, cheers. You too. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Uh, Justin Nelson, former commissioner of the uh, Sales NBL and in, uh, current NBL commentator. Great commentator, but also a good bloke. But he was the man uh, that put the local NBL on the map, and you heard him say it, uh, ESPN take it now and they take the draft the whole nine yards, and that's no small feat. 
And that's why in uh, the NBL and basketball continues to explode, not just at a, a normal level, but at school level as well. So uh, that was, I was sta- staggered by one thing there, uh, Finn, what he said that, you know, uh, the number one sport viewed uh, under 35s, because that's a huge commercial market. I'm not even surprised that that's the right stat in New Zealand, to be honest. I'm really not. <laughs> well, and, I, and I'll tell and you why. You're under 35. And I'll so. tell you why. And I'll tell you why. Why? It's be- why? It's because the NBA is a global game. And there is games on every single day in the season. Yeah. 82 games uh, for every team. There's a game on every season. And they're on at the peak time hey, for hey, New Zealand. You're getting all, you're getting all flushed and all. You're getting, I'm excited. You're I'm excited. passionate about it, Stephen. <laughs> oh, push the button. It's 10.52. <laughs>